Welcome to the University of Pilates, a podcast that delivers honest conversation about becoming a Pilates teacher, the journey of teacher training, life as a teacher, and more. I'm Bonnie Lynn Russell, and I'm joined by co-founder Amy Ross, and together we're on a mission to create a positive, nurturing environment where students can learn more about becoming a teacher, teacher training, and creating a rewarding, fulfilling career you'll love. Join us weekly as we share our passion of teaching and discuss hot topics that pertain to both the trainee and teacher of Pilates. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back. It's Amy Rost and I'm flying solo once again this week, but not to worry, Bonnie Lynn and I will be back together very soon. And this week we're talking about something that is... Again, something that I'm pretty passionate about. It is not something I necessarily learned in teacher training, but it is something that I have continued to grow in my own practice and in my own studio and community. And we're talking about teaching bodies um, of all kinds. And that's particularly where I love to focus in on is I, I know we all know the benefits that everybody who comes into Pilates, to a Pilates studio experiences, but what I've also come to learn is that the importance and the gains that can be felt by those who are suffering perhaps from a chronic illness, illness they have a special, they have special needs, um, and all kind of ranges of bodies in between. And this is something I get asked from time to time, because as many of you may or may not know, I have a, my oldest child has a rare degenerative neuromuscular disease. And I learned very quickly while in my Pilates training, we had to do a special project and I wanted to have a real look at the effects of Pilates on a body with those kinds of needs. And let me tell you, it was incredible to see. It was something that as a teacher, um, I learned so much from. Now, I think this is something we're seeing more and more in our in the general population, people with, with chronic illness, um, people who are, have led sedentary lifestyles. And people who are just looking to feel better and move better. And this is what I believe so passionately Pilates can bring to the table. And so let's just talk about a little bit about my own experience with my my child is that we had to do a kind of a case study. We had to do 20 sessions. Now, I don't always recommend uh, teaching family members because that was a little bit of a battle between mom and child. But what we did, the takeaways from it were pretty remarkable and have really, they left an impact on me as a teacher and as a mom, to be honest. Um and so as I took him through these, these 20 sessions, Pilates didn't look like what I'd been taught. And I do get asked a lot, how as a classical teacher, do you teach rehab or do you, how do you teach those individuals with um, special, special um, considerations? And the thing I always say is, the classical method has provided us with an incredible framework. 
And I get to use that framework with everybody. However, the framework also allows for me to think outside the box and to really ensure that the body in front of me is getting what it needs. Now, again, like I said, it doesn't always look like Pilates. It is Pilates. It's the principles of Pilates. It's the fundamental movement of Pilates. But maybe it is Pilates with assistance. And so I had a really, it took really with with my child to about really session 12 before we started to see um, some really huge gains, huge gains. And there's lots to consider when teaching um, a body with that much, um, just that much um, consideration. But in the in those first 12 sessions, we were laying the groundwork. We were laying the groundwork in, okay, let's try this. This doesn't work. Let's try that. And that, that is all there in that framework. And I do believe Joe would have taught that way. He would teach to the body in front of him. And I think this is um, something that we have to talk about. I know at University of Pilates, this is something we're bringing into our teacher training program because I am so passionate about Pilates being not only accessible to any and everybody who wants to try it, is that it's also, it's an inclusive um, and diverse community. And that can look like many things, but we have to start having those conversations right down at the teacher training level. If we are going to educate, we have to include. And so going back to my my experience, I want to share with you what, what our takeaways were. So like I said, the first 12 sessions were kind of like, try this. Nope, try that. Okay. We tried so many things. Once we sort of found where where we could achieve movement, we had two really, really powerful takeaways. And one was um, we were doing some leg springs. We had to make a modification. And I had to think outside the box because the spring actually irritated. His foot was too sensitive. So we had to do, we did it with a shoe. It helped not irritate the nerve or send that nerve pain. So in a shoe, in a leg spring, and literally I'm making the circle. I'm making those leg circles for, for my child. So we've done the leg, leg circles. We, the leg comes down to the mat. We've worked our way up. We were able to do five each direction. And we play, I put the leg, his leg back down on the mat. And he says to me, and I'll never forget this moment. He says to me, mom, I can feel the blood pumping to my leg. And I haven't felt that in five years. Well, mom is crying. He's laying on the mat kind of like, what happened? Like, wow, I'm actually feeling a difference. So there, right there, what that told me and paused for me was, we can facilitate change. And that change looks different in everybody, but that was a huge change and a huge win for that body on the mat that day. So continue down. We're now at about like session 17 and we are still doing our leg springs. We're looking at ways he's totally wheelchair bound. He's got very little feeling below the waist. Um, 
And so I'm just looking at ways that we can kind of facilitate movement and help some of the tightness and the things that come along with being in a wheelchair. And so a lot of it, like I got to get creative. I'm like working with him in the chair with the springs, whatnot. So we get to lesson 17 and, you know, being a wheelchair bound and not being able to really wait there any longer in his legs, there's huge, uh, there's so much tightness Um, Achilles is super tight, actually the whole leg really, really tight, but he can't feel it. So we're working away again, working through, we worked through our chair, little sequence. We did some towel stuff sitting in the chair for footwork. Um, We did some foot corrector, just these things. So finish the session, I put the leg, we get lying on the mat, put the leg down. And for the first time, his leg is straight. You guys, I was in tears for the first time in more than five years at that point was his leg straight. And it wasn't about him it being straight or him feeling, um, you know, his leg, he could feel his leg, whether he could feel it in the way he felt it before he could feel his leg. And so those little things, again, taking all the principles, we can apply this to anyone. And as I say, including everyone or welcoming everyone into our studio or looking and looking at how we can use the method to really facilitate change with everybody who comes into our studios is so important. Now in my studio, I teach, I teach, I've got kids classes, um, which again, I think is another opportunity to invite community starting at any age. We have the opportunity. And let me tell you, when you teach kids, they're going to keep you honest, but we have the opportunity to create lifelong learners. And that to me is such a gift. It really is such a gift, whether they keep doing Pilates for the rest of their life or they use They've had the experience of Pilates and it allows them to keep doing all the other things they love. I think it is such an incredible opportunity. I have all the way up to 90. I teach all the way up. I've got a 90-year-old man who I teach online. And again, everything in between. And I think sometimes still what I'm finding is some of our biggest barriers is just people don't know what Pilates is. Um, people think it's for dancers. Um, and so it's still, I think as teachers, our responsibility to educate the community about what we do, how we make a difference and how really it can change their lives. And when we do this, you guys, we have this incredible platform. We have the ability to make people feel better. We get to be a part of their journey to help their lives, their everyday life. We make an impact so that when they leave our studios, they feel better and go through their life, you know, as Joe said, with zest and pleasure. So when we incorporating this into teacher training or into your studio, I think there's a few questions we have to ask ourselves. How do we make Pilates more accessible? I totally understand. We totally understand that this is a business and it has to be viable. But where are there opportunities that we can really invite community into our studios, into um, spaces where we can share our 
our our skill sets and our knowledge and you know start having some conversations around ensuring that it is accessible so i just want to share what i do in my studio um really it's this is a choice individual studios but for me it is important that financially it isn't a deterrent like how can pilates can be expensive it's an expensive business to run the equipment is expensive the training is expensive it's expensive to ensure and keep keep our skills up to date but how do we how can we keep that you know little bit little piece accessible i can't make I can't teach all day for free, but what I choose to do is I do leave one slot a week. That is a pro bono work. And that is, I have people in my studio nominate someone who may need Pilates, but is going through a tough time. And we work with them during that time. And and that's just what I choose to do in my studio. But I think there's so many ways to get creative. Could it be teaching a community class once a week? Could it be teaching, you know, is there ways to have further outreach so that we are reaching those populations beyond just the people who see Pilates as it's for dancers. It's for women. I get that a lot. Um, And we just engaged in the conversation. And like I said, diversity can look like many different things and really starting the conversation you know, starting the conversation, wouldn't it be cool if we could start that conversation amongst teachers in your area? Is there a way within our our Pilates teacher community, we could expand the outreach of Pilates itself and brainstorm what would work in your area? I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to reach out to a few teachers and say, hey, what could we do to, to do this? One, it's a cool way to collaborate, which I love. Two, it builds community and connection among teachers and among potential clients and really removing those roadblocks. You know, I always see that the sign, you know, especially in summer here in Canada when you're driving and it says barrier removed. And I just think, what are the ways we can remove the barrier so that Pilates is accessible? And that can come into a much deeper conversation. Today, I use the example primarily of an individual with severe physical disability, but how, you know, we could take that a step further. How do we create diversity in age, gender, race, religion, you know, sexual orientations, all of those and encompass them, invite them in. And I think in that invitation, is there something really, really beautiful? And I know it's hard. I know it's hard sometimes. Where do we start? Well, I do. I think it has to start in all of our conversations. I also believe it has to start at the teacher training level. And that's part of the journey in examining and looking at teaching healthy bodies, and then ones who maybe need a little or a lot of support. And you get to decide who you invite in. But I would hope that you, you know, opens your lens to, you know, who 
how can you invite everyone in who wants to experience Pilates? So that's just my little chat for today. It is something I'm passionate about. I oft, I spend a lot of time advocating as a mom with a kid with special needs, but also as a studio owner for those, you know, that are, you know, that I do pro bono work, be it be cancer patients, be it um, neuromuscular clients, be it chronic illness, chronic pain clients, and that working in collaboration with with the client, but also with their other, you know, healthcare practitioners that when we work together and really educate them on what Pilates can do and how it will continue to benefit their client, as soon as they feel that benefit. And sometimes, and many times, to be honest, in my studios with these clients, is it's their first opportunity of hope. They have hope that they can maybe feel a little bit better. I'm not suggesting that I'm going to reverse, we're going to reverse or change the course of, of, of a disease, but maybe we can help them feel better, help them feel successful, and maybe they can find a new, a little new way to move. So whether that is walking out with a little less pain or like my child, the blood pumping to his feet, that is what Pilates is all about. Any age, anybody. I hope you'll take a little bit of time to think about how can you invite more diversity and inclusion into your studio. I also challenge you to reach out to a studio or teacher in your area and brainstorm ways that we can do that. I think we can create a movement by starting to have these conversations and that really Pilates is for everybody, no matter their background. Just as teachers, no matter our background, we can bring the skills we have and apply it to the body in front of us and really make an impact. So thank you so much for joining me this week. If you love this episode, please leave us a review, share this episode, reach out, let me know what you thought what you think, how you're going to, you know, who you're going to reach out to. I would love to hear that. Tag us. And we will be back here next week. Bonnie Lynn will be flying solo. And then I promise we're coming back together as we head into um, the latter part of August. And we will chat very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us today for this session. If you enjoyed this episode, you may want to head over to our website and learn more about how you can learn from us. Head over to youofpilates.com where you will find out how you can become a teacher, enhance your current skills with one of our training programs. The University of Pilates training program is designed to fit around your life. Things are really looking up. See you next time.